0: about uh, the Apple uh, WWDC announcements uh, do you did you watch them or yes I did yes I did so what's the high level I have some thoughts as well
1: well um, you know it was a it was a packed announcement there's there's more high level than you could guess uh, I mean there was so much there was so much good in it that I think it's hard for people to come up with a single headline. But among the, among the really interesting things I think was sign in with Apple. That may be the biggest. Uh, forking the uh, iPad OS off of iOS. Um, and, um, and then there's just a, a, whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of goodies. Everything seems to get better. And the, and the Swift UI announcement, the, uh, the new programming tweaks look, look fantastic. I'm not a developer. But you could hear the, the room just uh, explode with interest when that demo went up. And what was the
0: demo showing?
1: The, the demo was showing uh, the ability to uh, very simply create UI uh, elements for, for Mac uh, without writing a ton of code. So just a few lines of code and uh, uh, a little bit of drag and drop it gets your uh, widgets built.
0: So uh, I'll I'll return to that uh, in a bit, but uh, because I think that it relates to some of the underlying strategy that uh, uh, was laced through these different uh, technologies, features, whatever you want to call them.
1: Well, I think one of the big strategies, of course, was uh, Apple doubling down on privacy. Um, they have been talking about that and calling that a, a major differentiator for years. Uh, now they've done something uh, pretty uh, solid behind it. So the, the convenience of using a single sign-in wherever you go on the web or in applications uh, can be done without giving up your information to Google or to Facebook. Uh, Apple has done it in a way that is... Uh, uh, much more protective of individual user information.
0: You mean because of the obscuring of the email address?
1: The obscuring of the email address, yes. Um, and also because whatever you do is not going to
0: Google or Facebook. But, right, I mean, but it's going it's, to Apple. It's, it's going, going to, it is people, going to, Some people are concerned about the fact that, uh, uh, that this is mandatory supposedly, yes. Uh, that if, if you develop on iOS, yeah, you have to incl- and there is, I, I believe the language is, is if there is a uh, third party uh, single sign-on technology, then you have to add the Apple one. Yes, now, well,
1: I'm I both- mean, that's, yes, that's going, to, that's going to hasten adoption. What's not clear to me yet is uh, what information does Apple retain? And uh, how much, uh, you know, are they, are they just passing tokens uh, or are they getting access to uh, useful customer data? Or what useful customer data are they getting access to? I, I don't think I understand that yet.
0: Do you? No. And I, what, you know, the, the commentary that I've seen that uh, criticizes this capability uh, seems to be focused on the idea that, the developers are being forced to use this technology. Right. Uh, and I'm not sure that that's accurate. Uh, from what I've tried to find out, it seems that they are being required to make it available. It doesn't mean that they're required to uh, actually use that.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what, what the objection is. Uh, if I mean, if, if it was a case that Apple is going to collect everything that Google collects, and if it's the case that Apple is going to make available to third parties everything that Google makes available to third parties, likewise with Facebook, uh, I can see that objection. But if Apple is actually more guarded with customer information than the other two behemoths, uh, I don't know why you object to Apple trying to accelerate adoption with a little bit of coercion
0: well i i agree uh i also think that this is i mean you know the objections that i've seen to this uh all are you know basically the same objection as uh you know loading the supreme Court or any of these other uh you know the uh uh nuclear option in terms of uh going from sixty to Sixty percent to fifty percent in terms of legislation or approving uh, judges, etc. Uh, that you know, that's uh, maybe that's good for them now, but is it going to be good for them if the party uh, goes out of favor and the other party gets in? And I, I think that that's what the uh, obje- underlying objection is to this. You know, what if? Uh, Apple at some point loses its ability to uh, control the, at the hardware level and they have to start competing at the data level. Uh, you know, what about that, Apple?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, there always there always seem to be unintended consequences, but I don't think people are really good at forecasting them.
0: So you, you mentioned uh, the iPad OS, I, I, that struck me as not really being uh, much of a change. I mean, they've been, you know, a, a universal uh, uh, image or whatever it is that they call uh, an app that you create that is that works both on the phone and the iPad. I mean, that will continue to be the case
1: Yes, but there, so there are a couple of things. One is that um, the iPad becomes more capable and more differentiated from the, from the phone uh, because of various uh, multitasking UI wrinkles that mm-hmm. you can support. And then the big one is, is, the, uh, is the sidecar capability in the Mac OS. So now you can easily use an iPad as a second monitor the second screen for, uh, for a Mac. And um, I think that's going to drive iPad sales uh, remarkably because it's, it's probably the cheapest second monitor you can get for your Mac and you have the ability uh, to use the pencil. So if you're doing a graphic app or any app where you want a very fine grained pointer, um, suddenly you've got a, a, a new option Instead of, mm-hmm. instead of using an, a, an outboard tablet, you can use Apple's tablet. So I, I imagine there's some hardware vendors that are grinding their teeth over this. But in terms of uh, total functionality, having a second screen, which is both an output and input device, sounds pretty spectacular.
0: When you say input device, I mean, uh, how would you record those uh, jottings?
1: Well, you, you, I mean, you know, now you can, now you can control your cursor. Um, use, uh, on, a, on a Mac, you have to control your cursor with a, a touchpad or a mouse. Um, you don't directly manipulate it. Um, so your, your Mac screen is not an input device. It's only an output device. Mm-hmm. But your iPad screen is both because you've got touch control. And for fine brain work, you've got pencil control. So, you know, for graphics applications or media editing applications, I think there's going to be a lot of usefulness.
0: So the the broader implications of this move to not necessarily merge, but to create a, a user experience that's similar or in most cases the same across ios and mac os i think that's a huge deal
1: well so how quickly are you going to put uh, your app on back
0: well there's uh, i believe that this release uh ships in the fall right. as we said over and over again so uh you know it doesn't go all the way which i would like it to to uh you know basically a web app because that would give me access to uh the android uh audience as well yeah but uh you know just from a tactical perspective the the, uh, we're talking about the gilmore gang app and uh it's great for uh posting uh you know using the share icon on the phone or the ipad uh into the system but in terms of reading uh or commenting on, you know, a, a laptop is a superior tool. Yeah. So, but so, also,
1: uh, you know, I find if I stumble across something when I'm using a, a browser on the Mac uh, that I want to share to the Gilmore Gang app, or well, then I've got to pull out my phone, find the same thing and then do it.
0: Yeah. Where, well, whereas
1: I... it, it would be great just to, oh, thing, it's done.
0: Well, I agree, uh, and you know, I, I use AirPlay right now or AirDrop, just basically to push it to, uh, you know, from the laptop to the uh, to the iPhone, so right. that I can post it. But uh, you know, I agree. I think it's going to accelerate that. It should be. What I find interesting about that feature, uh, I think they called it the uh, the. Uh, test name, i um, They used uh, to call it marzipan, I don't know if they... That's right, but I don't day. know what the, I don't know what they announced it as, you know, system right. uh, uh, orange uh, banana, I, I have no idea. But uh, what I find really interesting about this is, is that it, it starts to create uh, something which I think uh, the notifications uh, hegemony of, Basically, notifications being on either iOS or Android, there becomes a sort of default uh, status quo or open standard, if you will, based on the intersection of the two platforms where you do it on one and you can do it on the other. So there's, you know, there's obviously a a, a desire on the part of uh, of vendors to create unique qualities that keep people away from the competitor but i think that over time uh, what that's what i think the notifications environment is about is this signal as opposed to for example using uh email or using uh other uh, hierarchical based uh sharing mechanisms Uh, i think that what that ends up doing is to create uh what we sometimes call gestures that uh, we 're comfortable with, and therefore adoption increases and then suddenly it 's a core platform, so I think that that, that may well be what we 're seeing with uh, marzipan and uh, and a, a number of the issues that we saw in the so called ipad OS uh, branding uh, in terms of uh, multiple Uh, sessions of an app uh, on side-by-side and, uh, you know, just generally being able to use the tablet in much the same way as you use the uh, laptop.
1: Yes. Um, They seem to be working toward very fluid uh, and uh, almost invisible synchronization across all your devices so that you can start doing something on one and then pick it up on another uh, without a lot of uh, food loodling.
0: Right, I think that's uh, the announcements around watch OS and uh, the ability of it having its own app store. I think that's over, over hyped uh, just as a feature. I, I don't find that. I think that the sort of AI based, based versions of, Uh, apps that are on the phone migrating over to the uh, apple watch uh, just basically without me having to do it uh, are more important than having an app store available on the watch but i do think that your point is on target which is uh, you know particularly with messaging i uh if i don't not sure how much distant or uh unavailable the phone has to be when I'll see an instant message on the uh, the watch. And I expect that that will also transfer over to the glasses once they uh, start to release that form factor. Yes. So that's pretty exciting. And there was a a comment uh, that I noted somewhere where uh, AirPods, uh, you will now be able to basically Pass uh, what you're listening to on AirPod to a HomePod uh, if you have that in the room you're in, or something like that. Yes,
1: and also to pass it to another user. I mean, that that, that's a use case that comes up a lot. I I want you to hear this, and if uh, if if you if you're with someone who also has the AirPods, you can play it into their AirPod AirPod. Um, So so the the Bluetooth will pair. To a pair of airpods
0: mm. so you know over all in all i think that uh for you know apple fanboys and such as certainly me and uh, i wouldn't say you're a fanboy as much as actually uh employee
1: well you, you'd you be surprised how many current and former employees are
0: fanboys fair enough well i'd like i just did uh, for fanboys this. Uh, uh, a surprisingly exciting release
1: I I thought that this was one of the best uh, WWDC keynotes in a long long time it was really crisp it was really full it didn't have a lot of filler Um, they paced it very well Um, everything that they showed had ample hints that there was a lot more depth behind it that they just didn't have time to show and it covered a, a huge amount of ground and it looked like you know, every team was making substantial progress. Um, most everything that they showed seemed useful. It didn't just seem, well, we've got a bunch of engineers trying to think of something to do. How about
0: this? Well, I, I totally agree. I, uh, On the other hand, I'm always looking for uh, something that survives the uh, translation across the uh, moat into the rest of the 85% that actually are on Android. Right. I, I, I never really believed that figure, but I'm sure it's true. But I think operationally, uh, you know, I, I, I retain my uh, elitist a- attitude about Apple, which is, is that if you're not on Apple, then, you know, good luck to you. Which of course, you know, my boss and many other people I know, uh, are on Android, so it's not something that I say publicly or at least uh, only in, uh, on uh, podcasts where only 10 or 15 people or 100 people listen to it, so. Uh,
1: one, I mean, other, one other item that uh, was intriguing, although I don't, I don't know what its full impact will be, was uh, they showed a trailer for one of the new uh, Apple productions um, for All Mankind.
0: Yeah, I was kind of interested in the uh, conceit of the show. Right. More than the production value or any of that other stuff. I mean, that all seems to be basically normalized out across all of these binge television networks that have sprung up.
1: Right. But, But, but you know, the secret to getting one of those going is to make stuff that people want to watch.
0: Well, that's a fair uh, analysis. So what what do you think is going to be the most important uh uh attraction for this release i mean they get very high numbers evidently uh ios 12 or the current mac os i forget which one it was has something like it was the mobile one uh, yeah. has like 90% uh adoption already
1: that well that was i think that was one of the most interesting slides that Tim showed was uh, you know what what percentage of Android users are on the latest release, and it was really small. I think it was in the range of ten percent. I don't remember the number. And, and the Apple uh, installed base that's on the latest release was over eighty percent. Um, so when you know when you say most of the world is on Android, that's true. You know how much of the world is on Current Android,
0: yeah, it's like how many people are on Apple Two E, uh, you know, not a lot, right? Yeah, uh, so again, I'll ask you, what do you think is the most significant uh, announcement or group of announcements uh, at uh, at this uh, conference for people who? aren't necessarily wedded to the inevitability of uh, Apple?
1: Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a harder question than you might have thought uh, because, it, it, you know, it, as in our world of politics, there seem to be uh, silos and bubbles that people can't penetrate. So, you know, if you're, if you're not in the Apple universe, uh, maybe none of it's of any interest to you. If you're not in the Apple universe, I think perhaps the, you know, the most accessible thing is, is new, new video to watch. Um, But, you know, for everything else, you sort of have to buy a ticket to get into the Apple universe to get anything out of it.
0: Well, one of the things about, uh, you know, we've talked about the, uh, the GG app and, uh, know because of the way that we've uh, put it out there in beta uh, it's only on ios it does you know it's a limited audience on the other hand uh, doing a podcast like this one i'm doing it on anchor uh, as the recording mechanism and that's basically available uh, on laptops on mobile uh, both major platforms so it, there's something about the transition of these technologies into a broader audience that I think is sort of the underlying message of this. It may not be happening immediately, but it may happen-
1: uh, And once you create a piece of media, whether it's audio or text or video or photograph, you can release it everywhere. You know, you, you, can, you can open up a text file on anything you can play a video on anything so that that translates that's not siloed um whether whether you can subscribe to the platform where it's hosted it might be siloed it might be you know exclusive to hbo or to hulu or to amazon um
0: but there's a trend in in terms of the uh, releasing of uh product uh, if you will uh to release it on multiple platforms simultaneously uh, and, uh, I've often observed in observing my youngest daughter, uh, who's 18 and therefore has, uh, completely taken over, uh, her communications with her parents and, and most other people, uh, in the way that she wants to do it, namely mostly texting and, uh, uh, you know, odd stuff like uh, Snapchat, and you know, I mean, th- what I've always noticed about her uh, patterns there is that she really doesn't care that much about what the app is or what the platform is, as long as it's uh, you know contiguous with uh, you know basically the the way that I think that they're rolling out uh, so-called iPad OS. Uh, as a separate application or as a separate platform, it's not really a separate platform. It's more like a separate set of features uh, coming from a, the same core.
1: And, and that's right. I, I think that's a, a real good way of describing it because whether whether you're looking at a screen the size of a wristwatch, or you know the size of a phone, or the size of their new monitor, um, that that's just. Uh, incidental to the content itself
0: right and you know the the to me the magic of notifications is is the deep linking it doesn't matter if you see the notification and you click on it and it takes you to uh, the information how the information is presented in what container is largely irrelevant yes so I, I think that if you extrapolate from that, Uh, to this broader kind of marzipan universe, which will unfold over the next few years and get, get some traction as people who are familiar with their app performance start to uh, have analogs to that on their uh, computers and the iPad transition that uh, uh, is ongoing in terms of multitasking. We're starting to see a, a system fabric that I think will be basically how everything is done, and therefore the notion of being locked out or a uh, application uh, divide uh, across operating systems is going to pretty much evaporate.
1: Well, operating systems or operating system families. I mean, I mean things will things will all work fluidly inside the Apple universe. Um, and you know, if they're web-based, they'll work anywhere. But what what is the, what is the uh, barrier between inside the Apple universe and the Android universe and the Windows universe?
0: Well, right now, the barrier uh, to the uh, Apple, Android, and Windows uh, universe is the lack of. Uh, economic incentive on the part of any of those vendors to produce tools that allow you to be able to move it uh, easily. There are some third-party frameworks, React and and other kinds of things, which can let you develop in one uh, environment and be able to port it to another, uh, or at least minimize the uh, porting challenge.
1: Now, am I am I hallucinating this, or is, or have I have I read that Microsoft is actually doing things to lower the silo wall, walls and uh, and be more accessible? Well, two to worlds I, that used to, to exist, you know, uh, entirely parallel
0: universes. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on the hallucination uh, potential. Uh, that's for you to uh, not tell us, but the. Um, I haven't seen that, but it, if if you see anything like that, put it in the app so that we can uh, talk about it. Okay. All right. So uh, let's wind this one up. Then I I, I think that we've uh, agreed that uh, the Apple event uh, was long. Oh, it was short on sizzle and long on substance. Yes. Uh, and you you kind of illustrated that there was some sort of relationship between uh what we're talking about in terms of big uh tech vendors and uh, the political uh, landscape particularly i don't really want to talk about uh the president but uh the people that are vying for that audience uh you know to become president i find that a a much more fruitful uh topic so uh, just in a couple of seconds uh uh, what's your handicapping of what's going on there in the Democratic presidential uh, sweepstakes? Um,
1: well, you know, you start with with two people that have commanding positions, uh, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Uh, Biden is, I think, tripping over his feet to some extent. Um, I don't know. You know, he's clearly the one to beat. I don't know how much the problems that have recently surfaced are going to damage him. Uh, The Hyde Amendment thing is is one. Um, And things in his past having to do with uh, credit cards and financial services, uh, you know, all of that's going to come out and he'll either get through it or not. Um, We'll have to see. Uh, Sanders, you know, has his... I don't know if he's making any real new headway this year. Uh, the players that are coming up strong, I think are in order. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is just chugging away and churning out plans and position papers and is, and is uh, surprisingly good with audiences. Uh, you know, I, I, I heard people putting her down as being very dry and professorial because that was her occupation but she's, she's actually great with crowds, uh, very relatable and very exciting. And she's just moving up bit by bit by bit. Uh, Buttigieg uh, is also moving up strongly. Uh, Kamala Harris is, uh, is in that you know, second or third tier. Um, she does well whenever she shows up, but I, I don't know if she's gonna break through. And then beneath there, there are a lot of interesting capable people who I think will struggle to break through.
0: Uh, right. So uh, I, the only one I would push back on uh, would, to, uh, you know, in part would be uh, Elizabeth Warren. I think that, uh, yes, she is good with crowds, uh, better than I thought, and she is outperforming uh, Kamala Harris at the moment. Uh, but what I don't think is necessarily Uh, I think that we're going to get tired of her tendency to, uh, you know, paint uh, this very dramatic picture of her policy uh, stuff. And then uh, when she's asked a a tough question about that, like, why do you think that this is even going to ever happen? Uh, She just says, basically, because it has to. And she gets... Uh, Off in this kind of messianic kind of uh, political uh, framework, which I think is going to be difficult uh, for her to sustain if she gets the nomination, which I don't think she will.
1: Well, but, but there's nobody that there's nobody that doesn't face that problem. As long as the Republicans can hold the Senate, nobody is going to be able to do anything. That's the reality.
0: Yeah, but that's not the. The criticism. I mean, it's it's basically a criticism of politicians uh, and, and their promises. It's not a. It's not based on partisan uh, understanding. It's based on. Uh, yeah, that that'd be great, but you know, everything Trump says isn't going to happen, and everything that you say isn't going to happen. So, where are we? Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's my my. Uh, reaction to her candidacy is that she's uh overperforming on one level, but that there's a, a wall that she has to climb. I mean, she's gonna basically take uh, votes away from uh, Sanders, which I think is a, a false, uh, it, you know, strategy, because I don't think Sanders has the same leverage this campaign that he did the last one
1: no he, he certainly doesn't um, but we, we're going to have a watershed in a couple of weeks when we have the first debate and, uh, and things will be uh, either clearer or much more muddy afterwards
0: do you know who's going to be in the first of the two debates do you, uh, I don't, they think, I don't think
1: they've announced the slates uh, because they, they haven't finally winnowed out who qualifies and who doesn't uh, once they do that, then they, they're going to make a random drawing uh, and and mix them up according to, you know. Well, I however, however gonna, the cards come out of the hat.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to dilute the uh, opportunity. I think what people want to see are uh, you know, on you know whoever's on the kids' table, tough luck, and uh, whoever's in the uh, the real one is uh, where the action's going to be uh so just distributing them randomly doesn't really answer uh the desire of the audience to for some uh blood basically
1: well i think you know that'll happen eventually the the field will winnow and there will be fewer people on stage
0: well i i, I continue to believe that uh, budajich has uh a tremendous opportunity because he's so good in real time yes He's so, uh, you know, he's obviously very intelligent as most of them are, uh, but uh, he, he has an instinct for the jugular, which I was uh, reminiscent in an odd way of JFK.
1: He has that and he's, he's clearly very well grounded and, and well studied in everything he might have to talk about. And what he does that uh, very few of the others actually do is he seems to be spontaneously crafting a response. Uh, almost everyone else has a rehearsed response that they, you know, they just load the tape and play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you, don't, you don't get that feeling with him. You get the feeling that he has heard the question, he's processed the question, he's accessed the information he needs to, and he will now tell you an answer that is of the moment. And it's not the same answer he gave last time. I mean, they, you know, I mean it's not that he's, he's um, waffling in his position, but he's actually creating a direct, spontaneous answer to the question. Well, he's
0: no Marco. What was that guy's name? Marco? Rubio. Rubio. He's no Marco Rubio. No. <laughs> I've watched a debate with Marco Rubio, and he's no Marco Rubio. Is that how it goes? Yeah, I think so all right well listen it's been uh, as usual uh, a pleasure uh, having this conversation and uh, uh, let's look forward to uh, the uh, 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 what goes on in the house next week I think that's going to be kind of interesting yes thanks everything, a lot
1: everything is interesting
0: yeah but I'm talking about you know, yes. interesting like the way the WWDC was interesting
1: uh, i don't know if it'll come up to that level but it'll be it'll be worth <laughs> watching
0: michael Martin thank you sir
1: okay take care
0: bye-bye